Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. How's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode 135. Hope everybody's having a great week out there. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day holiday. Marks the unofficial start to fall. Uh, That's a a little bit of sad news around here because I hate when summer ends, but uh, we uh, are excited for some college football and Lots of fall festivals happening. Uh, we're, we're real excited about that over here. We have a fantastic episode for you today. We are going to be joined once again by our great friend, Doug Cosmo Clifford of Credence Clearwater Revival fame. Doug has a fantastic new record out, and we talked to him all about that uh, in this episode. Uh, so please stay tuned for that right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Lost Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned before our break there, we're going to be joined by the great Doug Clifford from Credence Clearwater Revival fame. Uh, in just a moment. And Doug has, uh, over the past couple of years, he has been raiding his vault of music and uh, coming up with all sorts of really cool stuff. And he found some recordings that were done uh, with the, the great Steve Wright from Greg Ken's band. And this new release is going to come out under um, Doug's own Cliff Song Records Um label. Uh, But they're calling this project the Clifford Wright Project. And uh, of course, you know, Steve Wright uh, passed away a few years ago. uh, And unfortunately, he did not live to see this come out. Uh, 
Um, but this record is really good. And the first release off this record is going to be uh, a song called For All the Money in the World. And when I listen to this, it is just great power pop music. Um, it's really catchy, really good. So if you're a fan of, you know, uh, stuff like the Greg Ken band or Huey Lewis in the news or, um, you know, even some later Steve Miller band stuff, this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, so make sure you check it out. But, um, want to send our thoughts out to Doug right now. I know this uh, big wildfire, uh, the Lake Tahoe wildfire is getting pretty close to his house. So we're wishing him all the best and hope he avoids any damage from that. Um, but Doug has just been such a blessing to me and we've got to become, you know, pretty good friends over the last four years. He's been on the show a few times before and, and we do keep in touch and He's just such a an outgoing and thoughtful and caring guy. I'm just so proud to call him my friend. So please help me welcome back to the Drum Shuffle podcast, the great Doug Cosmo Clifford. Hey, good morning, Doug. How are you, sir? Good, Jamie. How about you? Well, you know, I can't complain. Uh, it's It's summertime. There's a little bit of live music uh, back in the air, at least for the time being. So hopefully it'll stay that way. Um, how how are you doing? I guess the, the burning question for me, it's been a little while since we've talked. How did you survive, you know, all the, the, the global pandemic? I mean, it's still ongoing, but is everybody happy and healthy? Well, in, in my, my household, uh, yes, uh, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I have other issues. Uh, I have Parkinson's, and uh, and uh, it's, it's starting to uh, uh, the pedal is being pressed down a little bit on it. But, but you know, um, I'm not the only one. So <laughs> you know, I'm real busy uh, working on uh, actually my own record label and uh, uh, and an album which we will we'll talk about. But. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So. Yeah, well, and you always have such a great attitude about it. I mean, the last time we spoke, I, I want to say it was, you know, just over a year ago. Um, you know, we had talked about, you know, you and Stu were wrapping up uh, Credence Clearwater Revisited. And you had found some stuff in your vaults, uh, a solo record, and, and that came out, I guess. Um but you had mentioned in that last interview that we did that you had put together your own label, uh, Cliff Song Records. Um, and I think you've been spending some time kind of going through those vaults and, and finding some stuff. So I guess my burning question is, uh, you know, Cliff Song Records, your own label, that's kind of been in the process for a while. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, so so you kind of got it up and, and off the ground. And what is amazing, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to your wonderful uh, publicist, Wendy. I love working with her. She's a great gal. Um, but, you know, she said, hey, you know, Doug's really digging through the vaults and finding a lot of great stuff. I, you know, my curiosity is, you know, we'll talk about the, the new record in just a second, but how much stuff do you have in this, uh, in, in Cosmo's vault, so to speak? 
Well, Cosmos Vault is a treasure trove of rock and roll. Uh, I've got probably, uh, yeah, I've got probably at least six albums worth of uh, material in there, and it's with different artists, and, uh, uh, and so there's a nice variety of things in there. Uh, I also have a deal with Sony Orchard, which means Sony, uh, the big Uncle Sony. And but the orchard part of it is a fellow named Bob Frank, who who is the distributor. Uh, so my 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 label is distributed to him. Uh, he's a, a seasoned veteran of the record business and knows uh, that uh, uh, the the best way to uh, to get business done is not to uh, uh, my way or the highway, but uh, you know to find out what what the label wants and needs. And he provides it. And uh, if we get stuck uh, somewhere, then he calls Uncle Sony in. So <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. And the one thing about about it, uh, the, uh, I mean, my own label, uh, this I know that this is it. for the first time the only record uh, uh, company that I've been involved in that I won't have to audit. <laughs> Well, you know, for <laughs> that's fantastic, Doug. So um, it, it, that's kind of an inside joke. Um, you know, I, all I'm going to say to my listeners is go back and find the previous two episodes that we've done with Doug and you'll know what that's about. But, you know, how much easier would your life have been for, say, the past 60 years if you were in charge? Right. I mean, <laughs> Well, you know, a hell of a lot better, but, you know, uh, on on a scale of one to ten and, and uh, pros and cons added up, I've had a pretty good uh, uh, career in terms of, uh, you know, having dreams come true and, and making those dreams come true. I, I, I tell people that you know, it's great to have a dream, but unless you're proactive and, and decided that you're going to do whatever it is to make it come true. You know, I, 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 I love this one. I, I was talking to a kid after a show with um, Stu and we visited. He says, boy, I, I have a dream, you know, just like you. And I says, yeah, well, what is that? And he says, well, I want to be a rock star. I said, wow, what instrument do you play? He says, well, I don't play any instruments. I just, uh, that's what I want to <laughs> And I said, buddy, you, you, your dream is worth about, you know, uh, a, a quarter of an inch square of bad paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I says, you have, this is a dream is, you know, like uh, a, a love affair of your destiny, you know, and you, so you better go out and do everything you can to cover your butt and, and to, to make it come true. It, they, they just don't this happened to come in to, to a guy that doesn't know how to play an instrument and say you're a rock star. <laughs> you got to work hard, man. You got to yeah, pay your dues. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to that point, you know, um, CCR, um, you know, you guys were playing, you know, but before the record deals came and, and before you guys were, you know, worldwide superstars, you all were playing bar gigs for like six hours a night five nights a week. I mean, you, you guys paid a lot of dues before the stardom came. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that. You have to put in the work to reap the rewards. 
That's absolutely true, and and you have to be true to that to that dream, you know, to to, to make it happen. It's got to be earnest. You, you've got to do everything within your power, however uh, little that might be. In a case when you're you you are working those kinds of hours, you're making no money. You know, you're you're, you're cutting out all those things in the paper that that come. You know, five cents off on a can of of whatever mushroom soups, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's uh, if you have a dream, work your butt off to to make it make it so. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my that's my advice for the last two minutes. <laughs> well, it, there you go. So uh, so Doug knows how I, I conduct these interviews. So he's already given us his good piece of advice for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, you know, what I find really interesting is um, it, it, the stuff that's been in the vault, it's been there for a while, um, yes. it, you know, so, and I know there's quite a process and a procedure, so so let's go ahead and, and kind of uncork this new record, and, and I'll set it up by saying this, um, the, the project was called Clifford Wright. And, you know, your songwriting partner in this was, you know, the, the great, you know, Steve Wright from the Greg Ken band. And, right. y- you know, you guys wrote a bunch of songs and recorded this stuff. And, and you were actually producer on these sessions. And, yeah. y- you know, I, I just want to mention a little bit of the personnel here because it's it's pretty impressive. This stuff was recorded um, you know, years ago, but you had a young Joe Satriani playing guitar on some of this stuff. Um, the great Jimmy Lyon from, uh, from Eddie Money's band, um, Greg Douglas from the Steve Miller band. So, I mean, it's not, you know, you've got some heavyweights that played on this stuff, but I know that probably when you found these master tapes, there was probably quite a process in, in kind of, you know, um, uh, bringing those back to life. Talk to us a little bit about that process. Well, what I what I found was actually quarter inch tape, two track master tapes. So they they they'd been mixed down from a multi track, and I can't find the multi tracks. I don't know what the heck happened to those, but no can find so you work with what you have and make it as good as it can be so uh, there were things I wanted to do to these things but before I could do any of that I had to make sure that they would play yeah, well yeah <laughs> they're, 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 they're 35 years old and you know a very delicate uh, material and the thin plastic that has uh, uh, audio uh, imprints in it that you know takes sound and records it uh, uh, and, and makes it uh, uh, into a record ultimately. Uh, so w- once we figured that out, we had to bake them, and that's the process. And uh, an engineer buddy of mine, I told him, I said, I'm not going to put this on the on on a, on a machine and turn <laughs> turn it on and have little teeny pieces of tape scattered all over the floor and on the, uh, on my I'm in my studio. So. He said, no, no, you don't do that. That's the last thing you want to do. You don't want to 
put that kind of pressure on it. So he said, but we do uh, bake it. And I said, are you sure it's not a brownie? He said, no, it's not a brownie. Okay, well then, heat, heat up the oven. So we, we put it through the baking process, and that's kind of a low temperature. Uh, I'm not really sure what the exact temperature is. Uh, I stayed away from it. I didn't want to uh, be around with, with my, my tapes in the, in the oven. So anyway, they, they all came out. They all came out, and I had all this wonderful music uh, in there. And, uh, you know, granted, they, they were recorded uh, from between 1978 and, and uh, into 19, like 1990, but uh, uh, they, they all turned out. No damage done. Uh, once once you do that, then you can play them, and you usually only have one or two plays on it. So you immediately go to your best uh, uh, quarter-inch tape machine, and then send it to digital. And once you have have it digitally saved, basically, then then you can use it with Pro Tools and play it over and over again and, and until the cows come home. And you know, it's 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 as if it were new. So. Uh, that I, w- I was so lucky to have them all turn out, uh, and, and the, what we're going to be listening to shortly uh, are parts of. And uh, the, the, the thing I did with Steve Wright, we were the, the songwriters for this project, and we were trying to get a record company. So uh, I said, "I'm producing these songs as if they're, you know, we're, we're making a record." Because we only have one chance at making our first impression. I know that's a cliche, but there's a, it's very true. So, uh, but we in those days you needed to go out and play uh, in whatever venue you, you you play in or can play in, and then you make you know if the record company shows interest, say, well, we're here's a date we're playing. Bring your A and R man down and. Uh, uh, and we'll we'll see how things work out. Well, Steve didn't want to play because he said he'd already done that with the clubs we would have to play in, because we, you know, Creedence would would play in the in the Auditorium, Coliseum, and you know, it's, it's, it's a great game play when you're there playing. And, and, but he didn't want to go like a step back. He said, yeah, you know, we. We're playing music. The band needs you know, to play as much as it can to, as a unit, and we you know need to get all the material ready. And there's a lot of work to be done. And I said, you know, I was in a in a band once, and, and I played uh, some, some pretty interesting venues. But I have no, you know, and I played all those other little clubs. You know, I've been there, but, uh, but right now we're not in that big band. <laughs> and, you know, so anyway, it's that sort of started the unraveling of, of that project. And then ultimately it just sort of fell apart. Steve also had a heart attack and a stroke and, and uh, that was, took care of his playing. And, and uh, unfortunately, and that, another thing about this record is we'll be the rhythm section and uh, Steve and I, uh, a couple of El Cerrito boys, that's where where Credence came from, our hometown, and uh, he was an El Cerrito boy as well, so uh, that's kind of how we got together. 
So, uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, we'll be listening to him playing bass, and he's a tremendous bass player. I've been fortunate in my, my career to have been uh, able to play with really good bass players. Stu Cook, of course, comes to mind right away. 60 years of uh, playing with Stewie in Creedence Clearwater Revival and revisited. So, and then I've done a lot of projects as a producer with Donald Duck Dunn, uh, just a monster. So I've been, I've been very fortunate uh, as a drummer to be uh, in with the guys like, like that. And uh, it, it's fun. Steve has a different style than Stu had, and, and, and that's also part of it. I didn't want to come out and try and recreate a Creedence sound or, you know, I wanted to have a sound that, that fit the style that, that we would be playing together as a, as a, as a unit. So it turned out great and, and it gives, it'll give people a chance to, to listen to Steve play because uh, he's, he, he passed away, uh, several years ago and he's, he's, he's not playing anymore, obviously. So that'd be a good opportunity to hear a, a really good uh, uh, bass player. I mean, he's just terrific. And as a writing team, we had a really good writing uh, scene happening. And uh, we were very productive, prolific, actually, uh, with the material that was coming out. And it was pretty, it was cool. And we had a few little blips in the highway and uh, ultimately uh, ended up in the vault <laughs> and another 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 gem in there I keep looking for uh, a big green gem and uh, and uh, who's who's uh, uh, the uh, adventure guy uh, I can't think of his name now but the, the movies that uh, he had he had made uh, oh Indiana Jones there. right yeah Indiana okay. Jones yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there's, there's some Indiana Jones in this, in my <laughs> ball, let me tell you. Well, you know, I mean, um, I, I am so blessed and fortunate that you guys sent over an advanced copy for me to listen to. And, and I've been listening to it. And, um, I, you know, I don't want to give the wrong impression here. Um, and, and I don't want to give people the wrong idea. But the record is called For All the Money in the World. Um, and... I want people to understand the time that it was written and recorded. Um, it, it is, how would I describe it? It's like a power pop um, akin to maybe uh, would Huey Lewis and the news, would that be a fair comparison? It, it, it that, that would be a, a very good comparison. Huey's a dear friend of mine and, and uh, He's going through some uh, some tough times with with his uh, hearing affliction, but you hang in there, buddy. Um, but yeah, I w that would be a, a, a very nice compliment, actually. Uh, so it's yeah. I, I mean I, I just don't want people to think okay I'm going to go pick up this record and it's going to be Credence Clearwater Revival Part no. Two because it's not it's definitely no, not it, that. It is not. Um, you know, and the title track for all the money in the world, um, I've had that stuck in my head for three or four days now after listening to it a couple of times. It's, I mean, it's just such a catchy, great, uh, tune. It's got such a great hook of really nice, 
you know, Doug Cosmo Clifford shuffle feel. It's just, um, I, you know, it, it is by and large, the whole product is amazing. It's a great record, um, but it's also not going to sound super modern by 2021 standards. Is that a fair assessment on my part? Yeah, it, it is a fair assessment, I don't, but but I, I will say this. I mean, it's to me, it's new music because it has uh, not not based on the age of it, but based on the uh, amount of uh, exposure it's had. To, to, sure, yeah, on on the on, on the air, it's had none. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's not new music. It certainly is. You know, in, in you know, it's going to be fresh to everybody's ears. Um, but it's not, um, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm bad with words. It's if you're expecting, you know, the new Metallica record, this isn't it, right? I mean, <laughs> Boy, it, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be that it's, it, it, it was recorded in the process that was prevalent at the time. So it's not super compressed. It's not super in your face. It, it has that sound to it. It is, um, you know, it came from your vault and it sounds like it came from the vault. It sounds great. Don't get me wrong. It's just not a super modern sounding record with all the, the, the you know, tricks and tools that people use in today's digital recording world is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a, uh, accurate for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there are so many guys, and all, 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 by the way, any and everything that's in that vault is also in my publishing company. So, cool. It's, it's stuff that I, I have ownership of, and, and 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 because I have my own label, I don't have a record company coming out saying, "Now we're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to do this." <laughs> Man, I tell you. <laughs> Most of the time, they've got you over that barrel, and that barrel is not very comfy. Yes, correct. Uh, well, yeah. and so I'm going to say no. I'm not doing that because the the, the president of the record company isn't he. <laughs> <laughs> that, that 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 certainly frees you up to do a whole lot more of what you want to do, and not what you're being told to do. Um, the, right. The exactly. other the other thing about this record that I think is pretty amazing and you know, I, I don't want to get into, you know, get off my lawn territory here. But, you know, when I started recording in the late 90s, you had to be able to play your instruments. You, you couldn't just That's say, right. hey, copy and paste what I did in that first verse and just use that throughout the song. You, you, you couldn't say, well, I played that fill really well going into the second chorus. Let's just use that fill over and over again you had to actually be able to play and perform live on the floor. And you can tell yes. that, that this record was a bunch of superb musicians in the room recording together, which is yes. a little different than, than what you get from some of the more modern records. Well, I agree with that. You know, we, we, um, we, and I shake my head. I mean, how can you, how could you not have the experience of going out and playing in these in, in bars in the little little teeny things that Steve was talking about earlier? 
six nights a week, five sets a night. I mean, holy cow, you, you better learn to play. Uh, otherwise, it's gonna you're gonna have a lot of blisters on your fingers. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. And you know, I mean, I just so many of the young guys and girls that come up to me after a show or or, or whatever the case may be, and, and they're like, "Wow, you make it look so easy." And, and it, I, you know, I always say, "Well, it's because I've been doing it thirty years." You know, I mean, yeah. I it, it, you just. I, I, I don't know how to explain it if you haven't been there, but if you haven't played in that live setting and understand how to fix stuff on the fly, um, I just think that's a life skill that musicians sometimes lack today um, that we all had to have back in the day or you just couldn't make it. Well, yeah, and in fact, uh, back when we were recording with uh, Creedence Clearwater, you know, the, uh, 68 through 72, things were very, very uh, primitive in terms of, of, of pressure uh, uh, in the studio. I had the, most of the pressure because drums could not be punched in. Like a, a guitar part, uh, is, is, isn't just isn't just right. Well, you don't you don't you don't cut and paste because they didn't do that back then. But you, you punch it in. You go in and you you start the track back maybe two bars before that part that's going to be repaired, and then it comes and then the, the whoever made the mistake it will play that part and then they'll punch it out. And uh, but drums uh, couldn't couldn't do it for uh, for a lot of reasons, mic leakage and uh, all kinds of other stuff. So the drum track, the drummer had to be perfect on from the very beginning to the very end. And uh, you know, and the, then for me, I I, I kind of liked it. Um, because it, it it just really made focusing very easy. <laughs> you, you didn't want to screw up and then have to you know, go back and start at the beginning. And, and the guys look at you too, and they go, "I played it pretty good." <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I had a good take. Damn it. Yeah, you. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the guy in the studio that everybody's looking at, and they all have to play their parts again because you didn't do it right. That's that's a horrible right. feeling, and you know, feeling. yeah, and and something else that I'll say about CCR, and I, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. It's not exactly like you guys let a whole lot of grass grow in the studio. I mean, you guys put out like eight records in four years. I mean, it's, you know, it, it wasn't like, okay, we're going into the studio. Our new record will be out in 18 months. You guys were pumping out records every three to four months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. And, you know, like I say, I, that, that kept me on my toes as well. Uh, and knowing the fact that I, you know, when 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 we start this thing, I can't, I've got to be all the way to the end, uh, and it can't can't not be. Uh, I don't want to say perfect because you know, it's rock and roll, and rock and roll part of the, the the charm of rock and roll is the imperfection, not not uh, sloppy play or, or anything like that. Just 
just what happens. And, and, and listen to the Rolling Stones. I mean, you know, there's uh, uh, that charm uh, about it that it has that that sort of little, a little bit of nasty. Yeah. And, uh, well, if you listen to any of that stuff, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, CCR, any of the great bands of all time, you know, the, the tempo would increase into a chorus or a guitar solo and it would slow back down into the verses. The music breathed, you know. I go in to do sessions nowadays and they're like, okay, the click is going to be at 92 BPM and you're expected to stay right on that click for the whole song. And I much, I much prefer not doing it that way. You know, I have never played with a click track in my life. Exactly. Exactly. And how many millions of records have you sold, Doug? Well, I'm pretty close to a hundred million worldwide. And all of that without a click track. So whoever in the music industry that's listening today, I told you so. You don't have to play to a click to be good. Um, Well, the guy that fixed that for me was Al Jackson Jr., who was my mentor and and, and, uh, one of my, my dear friends. Uh, who uh, we're, we're, we were talking, uh, and he says, "Well, what are your what are your goals?" And I said, "Well, I want to be a metronome." And he says, "Well, why would you want to do that?" <laughs> I said, "Well, John said he John said he wanted me to be a metronome," and he says, "A metronome is a, a machine. You're a human being. You have a heart. So some, sometimes you know you you might be on." This side of the beat, you're not off the beat, but you might be uh, coming into a solo part, bringing in that chorus that is 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 the uh, you know the the, the hook, uh, if you will, and you know you're 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 human, you know. And he says you, you, I'm I'm a, I'm in the groove. I'm a group player, but he said I I would never want to be or aspire to be a, a metronome and that that helped me so much and i just be just to, you know just lock in and and then let let the parts dictate what what happens in in those spots and also make sure whatever break you use if even if it's a uh, very, very, very simple and small, and that's generally what, what I would do. Uh, make sure there's musicality where it makes sense in that song, because uh, I know I hear guys all the time. You know, they throw breaks in everywhere, and and the break has nothing to do with what's happening in that song. And I just go, man, you're. These are key parts for a drummer. To, you're, 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 if you're going to get away from the groove, whatever you put in there better have more value than than the note behind it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's just such a great uh, statement. And you know, I think I've told you, you know, not during an interview, but in some of our, you know, conversations. Um, you know, the band that I've played in for many, many, many years, one of the songs that we play at almost every show is Green River. And when mm-hmm. I, when I first learned Green River, I was probably, I don't know, a 16 or 17 year old high school kid. And I'll never forget my guitarist said, play it like Cosmo. 
He was like, you, you don't need all that stuff. And when I really tried to learn the song, there's not really much in the way of fills or, or breaks or whatever. It's one Damn. of the hardest things to play ever and get that groove <laughs> yeah. right. But there's really, you know, there's not a lot to it, but it's very hard to do it right and make it feel the way it's supposed to feel. Sometimes that's less is more. Sometimes less is more. Yes, indeedy. You know, um, and, and, you know, all that stuff that, that you did back in those days. And, you know, I, I don't want to get too far back in, into the CCR stuff, but even on this new record, you know, if somebody goes and buys this record and they're expecting, you know, drumnastics, you know, a chop a minute, they're, they're not going to get that. These are great groove oriented songs that you're known for. And you play exactly what the song needs as it needs it. And that's amazing. Well, that's from when I taught myself to play. I listened to the radio Top 40 for radio and then the R&B station. But the Top 40 radio was all successful songs. They're, you know, they go all the way up to number one. And so you're going to hear uh, a lot of good uh, 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 licks in there. And uh, so I would break them down. I would listen, listen to what the drummer was doing, try to uh, you know, learn it and understanding what and, and really focus on what is what is it what is it doing what's it, how what's it moving to uh, or, or coming out of uh, those are the, the kind of the the comes and goes if you will of, of drumming and uh, and sometimes I I couldn't play the exact uh, fill because I didn't have the 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 the, the technical ability because I was teaching myself I didn't know what what that stuff was. I was just learning to, you know, emulate, imitate, whatever. And then, how did that? How did that make me feel? I focused on that. Uh, what, what's what's the feeling? And what's what's the song? Uh, the essence of the song. What's the message of it? How, what is what is it trying to tell you? It's communication, and 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 that's how I did it. And and uh, and the ones that I couldn't couldn't. Uh, you know, master because they were too technical. I would break it down and and have the the skeleton uh, of of that particular thing, and and might even change uh, change it by adding something or taking something out, and 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 that, it would work. The next thing you know, uh, I was learning feels. Because uh, I'm a field player for, for, for the most part, and so you know, I I, I would get, have, go through all these different uh, emotions uh, of this, with the, the songs that we were playing, and uh, uh, le letting it letting it guide me, letting it be you know, uh, let it let it let it happen. Don't don't try and force something because more than likely it's it's going to get in the way. It's going to the worst thing you can do is produce something like that and and, it, and you you get out of the groove. <laughs> you've, you've you've really missed the whole point. So and, and that's where I think a lot of young guys you know they want to show off. Hey, I can do this and I can do that. 
but it doesn't doesn't make sense. The use of it or their use of it doesn't make sense with what the song is and where it's trying to go and what it's trying to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think context is key. You know, I mean, if you're, I don't know how I want to say this, but if you're doing a, you know, a, a progressive rock record, well, yeah, stretch your legs out, you know, it counts something in 13 if you want to. But if you're trying to put out, you know, a top 40 record, um, which is what, you know, I think you guys aspired to do your entire career is to have something that's accepted by the masses. You don't need all that stuff. You need a great song. And, you know, I think that's what's so surprising to me about this record is that the songs are so well crafted. Um, You know, I, I guess a lot of people might be surprised that you wrote songs like this it's you know it, they are great songs um I, i'm not saying you're not a great songwriter don't get me wrong i just think people might be a little surprised at how different this is from what you're known for does that make sense right makes perfect sense and and, and that's exactly what i'm trying to do i'm trying to say i, I i'm more than just a, a drummer in a band you know, I'm. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to share uh, my music uh, with the, with the world. I, I mean, I, you know, and, and 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 hope that it makes somebody's day a little bit better. That's that's what it's all about. And and we were able to do that. Uh, uh, I can't tell you how many guys uh, went to Vietnam. So you got me through Vietnam. And I, my answer to them is. No, you got you through Vietnam. We just helped a little. Yeah, and uh, and and, and that's a standard answer that I have to that question. But and it's not a it's not a, a cliche. It's I mean, these guys. If I mean to get out of there alive in one piece was really something, and uh, and, and to know that we we. Took off some of that uh, that edge, you know, that the, they were living under. Uh, the, the, you know, any second a, a bullet could come from nowhere, and you're done. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you but you've got to hold hold yourself together to be able to get through that. And and if we were all, all in downtime, you know, when they, they listen to Credence. Um, and that that uh, helped them um, to be able to go through the nerve-wracking uh, day in and day out uh, shit that they were going through. Uh, it, it makes me feel good. But you know, those, they had to get them themselves through. And uh, God bless them. Yeah. Well, I I mean I couldn't say it any better than that, Doug. I really couldn't. And you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, all any of us want really as musicians is for people to hear what we've done, you know. Um, Amen, brother. Amen. I, you know, and, and even the, the people that, that are like, yeah, I don't like that. It doesn't sound very good. At least they heard it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the hardest thing because, 
you know, and you've watched the music industry evolve over a very long period of time, you know, getting anyone's attention is damn near impossible nowadays. And, you know, it's it's really hard. And I've said this a lot of times, you know, the good news is anybody can make a record. The bad news is anybody can make a record. (laughs) You you know, it's um, so I think it's great that we can all release music. The, The bad news is it's likely never going to get heard. And, you know, right. In your case, with this stuff coming out of the vault, um, it's amazing. And at the end of the day, it's what everybody leaves behind. I tell my bandmates all the time, nobody is going to remember any of our shows. Like, that's that's not what they tell your grandkids about. Like, you should have seen your granddad. Well, maybe in your case, they'll be like, you should have seen your granddad play at Woodstock, right? But for me... That's not a real thing. So the only thing that I can leave behind as part of my musical legacy is what I commit to tape. And I don't care if it's 40 years after it was recorded. I just want people to hear that stuff at some point and go, wow, that's that's pretty good. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You, you want to share your, your, your passion with uh with the world and and uh, i i have um, uh, a completely different uh, uh approach to things as a writer uh you know i i'm i'm not, I'm not going to write a, a, a credence song or style of song i've i've already been in a, in a band that did that and and uh you know i have other 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 things that i uh, and subject matters that uh, you know weren't uh, used much uh, or if at all, and as far as love songs go, and credence, we can do any of those. So I do a <laughs> bunch of them now. I mean, it's all, you know, it's a, a, a great uh, subject to to use, and I, you know, and there but there are a lot of different ways to, to do it. Uh, you know, it can be the heartbreak. It could be the love at first sight. It, it could be the romantic side. I mean, there's just so mu- much in, in terms of that. And then, and you know, it's not all that I that I write about. But I just uh, songs come uh, just out of you know cracks in the floor. <laughs> you know, you you have the music and. Or at least a rough idea of of, of, of the music, and you, you take again. It's the feel. How do how does it make me feel? And, and once I I establish that, then I the ideas I just pull right out of me. Uh, so and and, and and everybody's and everybody's different. Everybody has their own way of doing it. I like to co-write with with one other person. I don't like three or four or by committee. There's uh, too many cooks. Really put shit in your in your your bowl. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know. So you know you, you get a get get something that works. You stick with it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the, the record just sounds amazing, and you know, I, I hope folks will go pick it up because it, it, I mean, I, you know, I'm not just saying that. 
this is something that, you know, again, I, I, I'm my words, it would fit right in with with, you know, uh, Huey Lewis and the news record. Um, it's it's great power pop, um, you know, top 40 kind of kind of tunes. Um, and they're all really, you know, dare I say, upbeat. Um, you know, you're not going to be depressed listening to this record. Um, it's really great. And I hope people will pick it up and, and give it a listen because, you know, they just don't make records like this anymore, kids. They really don't. Um, so I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. I'm curious, you know, I, I don't know exactly when this stuff was recorded. I'm assuming, you know, late 70s through the 80s. Um, but you have a, a young Joe Satriani on a few songs. What was it like working with him before he was a giant guitar god? Well, he uh, it was it was great. You know, he was a uh, uh, very nice young man, polite. And it was also a, an audition. You know, we were trying to get we were looking for a guitar player. I wouldn't. You know, there's uh, so we probably did nine or ten. Recording sessions with with the Clifford Wright pro, pro, uh, project, uh, and uh, that's because we were writing a material, and you know, so we wanted to get it down, and also wanted to get a, get a deal. So uh, uh, he, he he was playing a lot, and and and, and I. I, I Told him, uh, I said, you know, try and, and, and I know this isn't, uh, you're, you know, you're used to. And he had a reputation then of being a, a really good guitarist and a guy that could shred, like uh, most people only dream about doing, you know. So, uh, but in, in, in the role of, uh, I was in uh, as a producer, I said, you know, you, you, you're here to kind of be, support the vocal, you know, and there's, there are places where there are holes uh, and they, they need to stay there or, or be put there. And there are, there are, there are spots where there is a hole and, and, a, and a film needs to, to be there and try and try and just, uh, not get too far away from the 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 the, the medley, medley of, of 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 the song, and uh, so I, and and I said in in the solos, you know, knock yourself out. So he said, those are little kind of awkward moments, but he he was actually uh, very attentive and acceptive. Of, of, of uh, what I was telling him, and he played on four songs and, and did a, a terrific job, you know. And when the session was over, uh, he said, "I, I learned I learned something today." And uh, I thought, I said, "Wow, this guy is is, is something." And then uh, I asked him if he wanted to be in the band. And he said, "No, I'm thinking about uh, doing a." a uh, heavy metal instrumental album and we all rolled our eyes and thought oh good luck with that buddy 
<laughs> and as I would say, and always will say, that last laugh is the best laugh. <laughs> exactly. He, he really got it. He really, got, he really got us. And then he, you know, he, 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 he's Joe Satriani. I mean, he, he's one of the best uh, uh, on the planet. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll get no arguments from anybody with that. And you know, um, doing a heavy metal, you know, solo guitar record. Wow, that that genre he kind of created, didn't he? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he, he did create it, and that's why we, we you know we rolled our eyes and thought, oh brother, you know. But man, did he show us! Well, he's he's done pretty well for himself, I would say. Um, yes, he has. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I, I just I found it really interesting that he appeared on some of these songs, and you know, I, it's again, if you're you know picking up the record to hear Satriani shred, well, he doesn't really do that a lot, but you can definitely hear it in some of the solos. Like, oh yeah, there it is. That's definitely him. But, you know, I, again, I just want folks to pick up the record, give it a listen. Uh, again, it's the Clifford Wright um, project, and it's it's called For All the Money in the World. Um, it's just a great record, Doug, I, and I appreciate you sending over a copy to let me listen to it ahead of time. Well, I appreciate it. And, I, you know, and it, it's, if we're going to uh, talk, about, talk about it, uh, in, in fairness, you, you have to be able to hear it in front. I always make sure that, uh, and Wendy is good about it. Uh, she, you know, she she makes sure that uh, uh, everybody gets a, a listen before before we do the uh, the interview, and that, and, and uh, it gives us something to talk about other than Creedence Clearwater. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, this is your, I think this is your third appearance on the Drum Shuffle podcast. And, you know, you have been so generous with your time with me and, and you were one of the, um, you know, the first big names that agreed to, to do my podcast. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, and I mean this sincerely, Doug, um, your friendship to me um, that has blossomed over the last four years uh, has just meant the world to me. Um, it, you're such a blessing in my life. Um, you know, I, I never thought as a kid that one of my bona fide drum heroes would end up being a friend of mine. And you know, it, it's it just goes to show you that you know good things happen in your life that you don't expect. So I just wanted to say I appreciate your friendship, and you know, um, a, a lot of folks say, "Hey, you know, um, it's really cool that you have Doug on your show." And I'm like, you know, Doug and I talk occasionally. You know, we just we just call each other and and chat just to make sure everybody's doing okay. That has been a that has been a real blessing in my life. So thank you for that. Oh, pleasure is mine. I mean, you know, the, the conversation is always good and lively, and and uh, and you always ask uh, uh, interesting questions. That's another thing. I I mean, I do a, a lot of these things. Again, it's like you got to make the dream happen. I'm trying to get airplay. Well, what's what's the best way you know how to how to do that? Well, I, I first of all I use my my celebrity to open that door. And once the door is open, they realize that I'm there. 
not to say I'm a celebrity. I'm there to talk music and uh, to be passionate about uh, what what I'm doing and, and, and to, to totally believe in it. And and it's it's possible because I I surround myself with good people. Yeah, you know, not just not, and I know I'm not just talking about uh, you know musicians. And yourself was in that in that category, you know. And you know we're we're, we're in an industry that is we're lucky to be in, and uh, and, and actually make a living at it. Uh, it's. Uh, it's rare, and and I understand why a lot of a lot of dreamers say, "Oh, I want to be a rock star." <laughs> but but I, I know I've already said this, but you, if you really feel that way about something, you, you've got to make it so. It's not going to just come and lay out for you. It requires hard work, dedication, and uh, a commitment to excellence. So. Um, yeah, you know, that's that, that's that's how you get it done. Yeah, I mean it. It certainly is, and you know, I I've said this uh, at least a million times. The industry <laughs> is hard enough uh, as it is to go through it without people willing to help you. You're gonna have to have help in this industry. So, oh yeah, if, if somebody reaches out and says, "Hey, I need a hand with something," give it to them if you can. Because there will come a day that you're going to need help from that person, almost guaranteed. That's right. You know, so uh, and, and with Al Jackson, it was, I called it uh, passing the baton. He passed the baton to me. He told me a lot. Uh, he didn't. Uh, we never bought drumsticks out. And said, well, you hold it like this. And you do this. And it was never. We never did that. It was always discussions about, like we said. He, he, he asked me, "What are you?" What are your goals? I want to be a metronome. Well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> right. You know? And uh, so right now, you know, now I'm I'm the guy. I run into guys, especially when we were doing gigs, uh, uh, that said, uh, "You're the reason why I play, I play drums." You know, you're, you're my idol. Or I said, "Oh, wow." I said, "Well, I, I appreciate that." And, and then I'll throw a couple of things out, standard things. Remember to practice, but practice makes permanent. So be practicing the right stuff. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's always a good one. Practice makes permanent. And a lot of people forget that. You can't just sit down and, and screw around for two hours and be like, well, I practiced today. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work yeah, that way. No. We're don't, no, it does not. You know, and I tell people all the time, don't work on the stuff you know, work on the stuff you don't know. I mean, that's, no, that's right. You know, that's what, that's what makes you better. Expand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, expand that repertoire. Well, so, well, I want to be respectful of your time, Doug. Um, I know there's other stuff in the vault and I'm not asking you to give away any secrets, but, um, you know, after, uh, you know, for all the money in the world, after that, you know, kind of runs its course here over the next year or so. Is there other stuff that we can expect to come out of the vault uh, in the future? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm hoping that you know, I think there's four, four, uh, four singles and and uh, the, the Clifford Wright thing. But first things first, we've got to get one. Got to get on the on on the 
the airplane train. And, and once that happens, then we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, beyond that. But the next, the, the next release will be, uh, an album, uh, uh, again, we were the songwriters, key songwriters, but Bobby Whitlock and I had a, had a band there for a while. And, uh, so that would be the next, the next uh, record out. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, it goes without saying when that, time comes let me know we'll do this again i will have you on this show anytime you want to come on this show and talk about anything because as i said um your friendship means the world to me i believe in what you do i think you are an absolute ambassador for the music industry and for drummers and you are showing a whole lot of drummers that spend their career playing in a band this is how you do it after that band. Like this is how you continue your career. You don't have to be associated with one thing. You can expand your That's horizon. Right. So I appreciate that message always, but you're welcome here anytime, Doug. Well, it's appreciated, Jamie, very much. Thank you. Oh, you're you're very welcome. So uh everybody, it's the Clifford Wright Project for all the money in the world. Go pick up a copy. You're going to love it. Doug, thank you so much, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks, Jamie. By the way, the the, 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 the album will be out on the 27th. Okay. Uh, there are two, August, yeah. Okay. There are two singles out right now for all the money in, in the world, and uh, I Need Your Love, so you can get, a, get bits and pieces. And you can also uh, uh, order it, the album and or save uh, the album and uh, you can go to my website and, and check it out and, and uh, uh, have, have, uh, have a nice morning. Absolutely. Everybody check it out. Doug, thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Jamie. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for episode 135 of the Drum Shuffle podcast. As always, many thanks to Doug Clifford for taking time out of his schedule to come on the show. Again, sending our uh, best vibes to Doug to avoid this big wildfire out there in his area of the world. Everybody keep a good thought for him uh, that that they don't have any problems with this. Uh, And thanks again, Doug, for coming back on the show. Make sure you pick up the Clifford Wright Project record. Uh, It should be out any day now. And I know that everybody's going to really enjoy that. Hey, as always, I'm going to ask you to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using to listen into the Drum Shuffle podcast. Uh, It helps us more than you'll ever know. And we have so many great interviews coming up that you're certainly not going to want to miss. Next week, I'm going to be joined by the great Jared Schoenig. Uh, Jared has been doing uh, Moulin Rouge on Baton, uh, on uh, Broadway for the last couple of years. Prior to that, he was doing The Color Purple, and he has a very ambitious new double record coming out uh, with a great jazz quintet and a big band, and it is phenomenal. So you're not going to want to miss that episode next week. And in two weeks time, if the stars align, uh, you'll be listening to this on the same day that I'm doing an interview with the legendary Russ Kunkel. So that should be in two weeks time. 
Um, we really appreciate each and every one of you listening in. We simply cannot do this show without you doing so each and every week. The biggest thing you can do to help us is share a link with a friend. Um, it helps us more than you'll ever know, and it costs you absolutely nothing. We sincerely appreciate your efforts around that. Hey, if you're in the central Kentucky area, uh, I know many of you are not, but my longtime band Funnel will be playing on Saturday, September 11th in beautiful downtown Georgetown as part of the Festival of the Horse. Uh, our band last played Festival of the Horse in 1994. They've asked us to come back and uh, headline this year's event, and we're so glad to do it. Uh, we'll be playing Saturday at 6 p.m. It's a great festival. Uh, so mask up and come out and see us if you're in the area. And as always, your homework assignment is to go see some live music before it all goes away, if it is safe for you to do so. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>